come to thee, O Israel. Let's sing that first verse again together. O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive I want to introduce the Christmas program before we do this. We're going to give some credits before we get started so there's a nice flow afterwards. But I would like, as they're standing back there, a big hand for Kara, Tracy, Linda, Debbie, Caitlin, Karen, all the teachers that have helped get this together. Because I know, based on what's been going on in my house with Kara, it's a big deal, what they're trying to do. Uh, a big hand for me. For dealing with that. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. This Christmas program is called Twas the Night of Christmas. Uh, I'm really excited to hear what they have to do here. We're going to bring the kids in so we can get started. Twas months before Christmas when an angel did speak to Joseph, who was nervous while he had a dream. It's all right, said the angel. Just marry Mary as planned. And Joseph did what we all should. He obeyed, God. He obeyed God's command. Matthew 1, 20 through 21, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You are to give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Twas the very first Christmas, the birth of God's son, when the wise men arrived, their journey was done. They bowed down and worshiped the gifts they did bring for babe in the major, the newborn king. All right, you guys sing this with us, Light of the World. Light of the World, you stand
after Christmas, 30 or so, when Jesus, now grown up, sat down and spoke to his followers, these words to his followers, about who he was, our Savior, our Shepherd, God's one and only Son. John 14, 6. And Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Was a little time later, he died on the cross. He came here to seek and to save the lost. If you will ask him to forgive all your sins, he'll do it. He'll save you and cleanse you within. Romans 10, 9. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Twas the night before Christmas, all through your house, we pray you'll be talking and thinking about not just the presents under the tree, but the baby who was born to save you and me. We hope you remember, and when you drive out of sight, to light up this Christmas with the Lord Jesus Christ. Shine. 
man, that, uh, it's hard to follow uh, those kids, huh? That was awesome. And having that, you can clap for them again. And, and be clapping for our teachers as well, because they put so much work and effort into that. Um, I know that, that um, I was talking to Tim beforehand, and this service particularly every year is the service where the people who plan it, especially the Sunday school teachers right now, they're all like, oh, it's over. It's done until next year. And another thing that happens once a year uh, that you should uh, take a good look, okay? Take a good look. Because this ain't going to happen again until next year, okay? Unless you see me at a wedding or a funeral. You ain't going to see this again. I mean, I'm trying to keep it modest up here. The guys in the back, they're trying to get me to do the Simon Cowell and unbutton the shirt and let a little chest hair show. The problem with that is, first you've got to have some to let it show. And secondly, I'm a married man. I can't even believe that they, they uh, told me to do that. Man, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man, it's good to be here this morning. Again, I love that uh, our Sunday school teachers take so much time and effort to, to be with our kids. Because it reminds me, especially seeing all our kids up there. And just, uh, I mean, I'm going to be out of a job someday because they're such good uh, vocalists. But it reminds me of Creekside's devotion and dedication to the family, Right? I can, with confidence, bring my kids every week, send them to Sunday school, and know that they're going to learn something about Jesus. It's not just going to be some life lesson, but it's going to be about Jesus that they can learn, and they come home, and we can ask them, what did you learn in Sunday school? And they know. I mean, that's incredible. Sometimes I ask Judah, what did you learn in school? And he's like, I don't know. But what, he knows what he learns in Sunday school, and that's awesome. So thank you to our Sunday school teachers. Thank you to parents for being dedicated to your kids and bringing them to Sunday school. Um, it's awesome. We do have our kids in here, so it's a packed house. It's okay if they go crazy a little bit. No one's going to get offended. It's fine. Um, we're in the middle of our uh, Simple Christmas series. And last week, Kyle opened it up really, really well. And uh, I just want to share some points with you that he said that, just, that I remembered enough to write down. Um, and uh, th- this is awesome. He pointed out that Christmas is not, is not about what we have learned in America, but Christmas is about our need to be rescued. And when you think about a baby, how can a baby rescue us? But it reminds us that Jesus was born to grow and live a sinless life and eventually die to rescue us. It reminds us of our need to be rescued. Kyle's greatest encouragement to us And it's my great encouragement to you as well, is that in the midst of this crazy season, in the midst of all the busyness, even being here this morning, we wanted to keep this program as simple as possible. When we we were talking about what the program would be, when the ladies were thinking about what the program would be, our thought was less is more. Because the program, it's not about necessarily the program, it's about one thing, Jesus came as a baby to be born. So the greatest encouragement is take time. It's a fun time of year to be with your families, to love each other, to give presents, to receive presents, but take time. This year, on Christmas Day, read the Christmas story with your families. Okay, don't neglect that. Take time out of your day, even with young kids, that they would understand that. And the last point, I love this. This is, this is my favorite point that he made, and I, I won't forget this. Is he said, It is a reminder that we can stop striving 
and trying with our lives to get to heaven because Emmanuel, God with us, came to earth. And why did he come to earth? He came to seek and save the lost. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? That that's what Jesus' birth was all about. That we don't have to strive because there's nothing we could do to get us to heaven. So God sent his only son, Jesus, to pay the price for us. That's amazing. That's amazing. This morning, the title of the sermon is Simple Faith, okay? And uh, most of you have a little card. It's a yellow card. Hold that up if you have it. Hold that yellow card up if you have it. Hopefully there was a pen there too. Some of you aren't going to have a card uh, because there's a lot of people here this morning. Hi, people in the overflow. I've always wanted to say that. Can you guys hear me in the back? Yeah? All right. It's awesome that we even have overflow this morning. That's cool. Uh, you just, we should just put our kids up there every week because it'll draw people in. I love it. Um, but if you don't have this sheet, okay, we're going to refer to it again at the end of the, at the, end of the message, but you're going to be thinking about three simple ways that you can build simple faith, okay? And you're going to answer these three questions. The first one is simple people. At the end of the message, you're going to answer the question on there. What about myself? When you're talking about yourself, say, what about me and how I perceive myself keeps me from following God's call in my life? Simple obedience. Two questions. Number one, what is God asking you when you're asking yourself, what is God asking me to do that I am not doing? What do I know that God is asking me to do that I'm just not doing? And second question, what has God asked you to do recently that you've obeyed Him in? Number three, simple worship. What area of your life do you need to give up to God and instead of worrying, worship Him in the midst of it? Okay, we'll come back to those. You'll understand those more as we go. But we're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. So if you have a Bible, if you have your phone, if you have an iPad, if you don't have a Bible, there could be a Bible underneath the seat in front of you. We're in the NIV version this morning, um, so we're all going to be together. The verses are going to be on the screen as well, so follow along. But before we get into it, I'm going to pray um, and just ask God's help. So let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for our kids. Thank you that uh, we have teachers that care about them. God, thank you that we have parents that care about them. Thank you, most of all, that you care about them. And I pray that this morning we would be encouraged to have childlike faith. God, just to believe what you said because you said it. God, grow our faith this morning. Your message is simple, and sometimes it's so hard to have the faith we need to follow you. And so I pray through this passage this morning, God, that you would speak to our hearts that you would move us, that you would change us, that you would move us to action, God. We love your word. We love your son, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's read through Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 56. Follow along with me. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, the angel went and heard, uh, went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give 
and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was, and she was said to be barren, in her, and she is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her would be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been merciful, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. His holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their, up, in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. So I want to look at three things this morning that will help you from this passage to build simple faith. Let's admit, one of the hardest parts of Christianity, I mean, here's the deal, is that faith is it. We don't always see things the way God sees things. And things in our life don't always match up with what we think we believe to be true from God's Word. And so often, we start to look at our circumstances, and in the midst of our circumstance, we characterize God by that circumstance. And so it becomes so hard just to believe what He has said because he said it. Because sometimes what he says doesn't match up with our circumstance. And so instead of believing in what God does, we can always believe in who he says he is. And the fact that he will be faithful to us. And so we're going to start by looking at uh, three things. First, simple people. I often think of myself as a, as a simple person, a very simple person. Let's look at Mary's life, and let's look to see how simple she actually is. Here's a few things about Mary. Mary was probably a teenager. In that culture, okay, in her culture, it was common for girls to get engaged or betrothed 
committed to marry a man between the ages of 12 and 16. What? 12 and 16? I have two daughters. Okay, I'm looking at one of them right now. I tell you this. They're going to have arranged marriages. I'm serious. And I'm going to arrange them with the shotgun. That's it. Period. That's it. I'm sorry, girls, but it's a crazy world. That's, you, they get the shotgun. That's it. I'm just kidding. Um, maybe. <laughs> but Mary was also probably poor working class. She was probably illiterate. We don't know that for sure. But being from the social class that she was in, having the parents that she had, living in the place that she lived in, she was probably illiterate. She didn't have much schooling. She didn't know much. She knew her heritage as, as a Jew, but she didn't know much. Also, she was preparing for a wedding. I mean, we know. If anybody's married in the room, we know that for a woman, preparing for a wedding this is a huge deal. This is like a, the, one of the biggest, most joyous times in her life, okay? And, but back then, it was a waiting game. When you got engaged, you had, the only way that you could break up an engagement, a betrothal, was by offering a, a divorce certificate. It was as good as being married. And while, when you were engaged, the, the woman would just wait, because the man would go and they would prepare a home for them to live together in. And so this is just, it's an exciting time. It's a time of anticipation for when Joseph will come back to get her, okay? So she, this is like one of the most joyous times in her life. Poor working class teenage girl, engaged to be married, so excited. And then what happens? She gets this news. It's crazy news. Anybody ever seen the show Chuck? Raise your hand if you've seen the show Chuck. Yeah. There's no, are you serious? You don't be ashamed. It's a good show. I'm in the middle of it right now. Raise your hand if you've seen the show Chuck. All right, it's a good show. Uh, we're at the mercy of, uh, of Netflix. Okay, we don't have cable, but Netflix is awesome, so we're in the, movie, in the middle of watching the show Chuck. And what happens to Chuck? Chuck is a guy, normal guy, as normal as they come. All right? He's got, um, I mean, he works at the Buy More, which is uh, our version of probably Best Buy or something like that. Okay, so he works at the Buy More. He lives with his sister. Uh, his best friend also works at the Buy More, and that's what he does. He just goes to work every day. He comes home. He does his thing at home. He goes to sleep, goes to work next day. And the, so the show opens up where it's just this guy living this simple, mundane life. At least that's, that's, that's kind of how he sees it. And then what happens? Well, unbeknownst to him, his roommate in college, okay, had been recruited by the CIA. I'm not giving anything away by this because you learn it all in the first episode anyway. Okay? His, his roommate ends up being recruited by the CIA, and right before he's about to die, his roommate emails an email with all of the CIA's, all of the government secrets in this email. And he wants it to survive, so he emails it. As he's breathing his last breath, he pushes the button and sends this email to his friend Chuck. And so Chuck, in his home, on his computer, he checks his email, he opens it up, long lost buddy from college, I'm going to open up my, boom, he gets this, and all of these images immediately just flash on the computer, and they get downloaded into his brain. And then he just, boom, he passes out. Okay? But then what happens? He becomes a CIA asset. And so he sent these handlers to protect him at all costs, 
Okay, so what happens to Chuck? His life goes from simple to absolutely, what he would think, awesome and extraordinary. Why? Because of what he had been given. It's the same thing with Mary. It's the same thing with you and me. We are simple, ordinary people. But the truth about who God chooses to use is in your simplicity and is in His creativity to build you, to design you for a specific purpose. So like Chuck, his simple, ordinary life went from simple to something higher, to something better. Why? Because of what he had been given. It's the same thing with me and you this morning. We, we are simple people saved by grace, but we're called to something higher because of what we have been given in salvation. Now I want to read some parts from Mary's song to you that just describes her feelings at this moment, her feelings of joy, her feelings of worship, her feelings of simplicity, but God uses her. She says these kinds of things. He has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. The mighty one has done great things for me. His mercy extends to those who fear him. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. How do you feel about yourself? That's number one. The first question. What about you this morning is keeping you from doing what God has called you to do? And maybe it's as simple as living out the Christian life that He has called you to. Maybe it's a little more uh, maybe it's a little more involved. I don't know exactly what God is calling to you, but I'm willing to bet that there's someone in the room this morning that has pretty low self-esteem, or when they look at themselves, they think, I, I just can't do what He's calling me to do. God, I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not well-known. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not... And all these things we do to say, God, I'm not ready for what You're calling me to. But God uses simple people who, number two, want to simply obey. So number two is simple obedience. Verse 29 says that Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Why was Mary troubled at these words? Well, there's a couple of reasons why it could be. First, she could be thinking, why me? Like, why would God choose me? I'm a poor, working-class girl. I'm engaged to be married. I'm excited about my life, but my life is simple. It's the way it should be. Why would God choose me? She could have also been thinking this. She could have had this innate wisdom being a Jew that when you are called by God to do something, it does not necessarily mean that you're going to have a life of ease. Actually, there is a lot of people out there that will preach When you're a believer, when you believe in Jesus, your life's going to be easy. He's going to give you all your needs and all your greeds, and it's going to be awesome. Well, I have found, and probably many of you have found, and Mary found, and she knew, being a Jew, that it was quite the opposite. 
That being God's chosen person for something, or as an Israelite, being God's chosen people did not mean that it was going to be easy. Oftentimes, it meant that it was going to be hard. But Mary was a simple girl who chose simple obedience. She was troubled. She was afraid. The angel answered her, do not be afraid. Why was she afraid? Mary had a lot to be afraid of. In that day, like I already said, engagement was as uh, legally binding as marriage. You had to, if you wanted to get out of engagement, you had to offer a divorce certificate. And often, adultery on the girl's side of things seems a little unfair, but on the girl's side of things, if you committed adultery as a girl, you could have brought, been brought out into the public square. You would have been publicly mocked, spit on. Your family, you could have been stoned. Your family would have held a stigma on it forever. And so Mary had a lot to be afraid of. And what does the angel said, say to her? He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I know you're terrified, but the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and this baby in you is going to be from God. He's going to be God's son, the most high. I would still be terrified, but what does Mary choose to do? Her response is this, I am the Lord's servant, may it be as you have said. A simple girl who chose simple obedience even when she was terrified. And number three, is simple worship. Mary had a lot to worry about, right? You've been in a situation in your life where you have just been scared to death when all the worry just keeps piling up, piling up, piling up, piling up, and you're at a point in your life where you do not know a way out. Where you have no idea where the next bill is going to come from. Where you have no idea what God is asking you to do. Where you have no idea how you're going to mend this relationship. Where you have no idea how the things in your life are going to work out the way God has promised them to work out. You just have no idea. And so Mary, at this point in her life, went from being an excited 14-year-old girl engaged to be married to absolutely terrified at the trouble that could possibly come on her family because she was holding the Son of God by a virgin birth. I mean, we hear that every year. And I think for me, I know for me, it's become, oh, this is just the, the, the Christmas story. Yes, Jesus was born a virgin birth, and that's it. But I don't think about all this stuff often. How terrified Mary must have been, and how scandalous this must have seemed. But what does Mary do? Instead of worrying, she worships. And she sings this song, or this poem, and she exclaims the glory of God in this poem, and she starts to sing out the attributes of God, probably out loud, maybe with, with Elizabeth there. Because what is the best way to deal with worry in our life? One word, shout it out. Worship. What's the best way to deal with worry in our life? Worship. What's the best way to deal with worry in our life? Worship. worship. Rather than worrying, she worships. You see, when we worship, 
who God is. We've said it up front before. When we worship, we get to think about everything that is right with God in the midst of everything that is wrong with us. And it automatically puts everything into perspective. When we believe who God is, it changes who we are in the core of our being, and then it culminates itself in how we live that out. You have a card in front of you. And uh, the band, you guys can come back up. And on that card is three things. Simple people, simple obedience, and simple worship. We're going to, today, for communion, it's going to be done a little different. You're just going to stay in your seat. We're going to come pass it around. The offering's going to come around right after communion comes around. But this is an opportunity for us in this moment to think about the fact that Jesus came to earth as a baby to grow up and die for us because again, what is this season all about? Our need to be what? Rescued. It's our need to be rescued. And so we're going to take some time just to think about that in the bread and the cup representing Jesus' body and his blood broken and shed for us. If you know Jesus and you believe him for salvation this morning, this is for you. Take it. Remember Jesus. If you don't know Jesus this morning, if you don't know what we're talking about, when we talk about a life in Jesus Christ, saved by grace through faith in his son Jesus, today is the day of salvation for you. Don't leave this place. And maybe you're in a place where you, you, you think you might be saved, but you just don't know. Here's the deal. You can't go through Christmas not understanding the truth of Jesus Christ coming to earth, not just in a manger, not just to a, a, a virgin birth, but to grow up, live a sinless life, and then die for every single person in the world. That's it. But sometimes it's so hard to let go of what we're holding on to, to believe that, because here's the deal. When you believe it, you know it's going to change your life. So many people are afraid of believing this because they know it's going to change their life because it has power to change. The Holy Spirit comes on in and He changes you forever and seals you for the day of redemption. So you've got these cards. I want you to take these cards out. If you don't have a card, write it in the back of your Bible or remember it, type it out on your phone. But three questions. For simple people, what about me keeps me from following God's call for me? For simple obedience, what is God asking me to do right now that I know I'm just ignoring Him, that I know I am not doing? Also under simple obedience, this could be an and or. What has God asked me to do that I have obeyed and that I've seen fruit for, that I have obeyed? And for simple worship, this is the biggest one for me because I'm a warrior. For simple worship, what area of my life do I need to give up to God and stop worrying and worship in the midst of it? Mary was as simple as they come, a simple person who chose to simply obey and when she worried and when she was afraid, she simply worshiped. And so we're going to take time. The stuff's going to come around to you in your seats. I want you to take this time and really pause. This is where the encouragement comes in. Pause. 
and think about the message of the season. And that, that really is what it's all about. It's simple people who want to simply obey and simply worship God will have simple enough faith to do what He has called us to do. And we're called to something higher because of what we've been given in salvation. And we have been made holy and given the Holy Spirit so that we can live extraordinary lives in the name of Jesus. It's as simple as that. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down with my life. Let me pray for us this morning. God, I just, uh, I pray. And I thank you for this church, God. I thank you for the church. I thank you for Jesus that you died for us. I thank you that you have made us holy through your shed blood on the cross, God. That simple people can live extraordinary lives because of what you've given us in salvation. God, I pray that as we see ourselves in who you have made us, that we would choose to obey whatever it is you call us to do. And in the moments that we worry, that we would kneel down and worship you. I pray that you would put it into perspective for us this morning. Thank you that Jesus lived a simple life of obedience to you as Father. God, we are called to that this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name, and all his people said, amen. Give a good hand again for our kids and our, uh, our Sunday school teachers. Thank you for coming. We hope to see you next week.